Bobby Marqueso. Marqueso, how are you? Marqueso, thank yeah. you. And uh, Bobby, you are a psychic, yes? Yes, psychic, medium, and self-improvement coach. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, you know, I think that we, we had a chance to talk a little bit earlier today right. about how how you're a little bit different maybe than, you know, there's a lot of people out there that um, claim to be psychic. There's a lot of people out there that I'm sure are psychic. And everyone does things a little bit differently, of course, I mean, because people are all individuals. But you do have a little bit of a different approach or, or an idea, I guess, behind this. And maybe I'd like you to take a minute to explain that to people. Sure. Um, like, like we talked about earlier, there's just so many different facets to being a psychic or a medium. And, of course, the difference between the two, a psychic who tunes into your energy and finds out maybe what's happening with you. A lot of times I find that it's uh, oftentimes it's just confirmation on some of the things that you're going through. It's, it's not always about predicting the future. Um, it could very much just be about a rough time that you went through, and angels and spirit guides just want to let you know that they were with you, and, and here's what happened, and here's what you're going through now, confirmation that you're thinking in the right way. Um, and then the mediumship, where we're actually talking to loved ones who have crossed over, um, that type of thing. I just think it goes beyond that. It's, 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 of course, my passion to to talk to people and help point things out in them that, that hopefully change their lives and to bring through loved ones from the other side that can help back that up and also show support for what you're doing in your life. But I really think it just kind of goes beyond a psychic message, not just to say yes or no or feed into your story and say, you know, here's the answer to your question psychically, and, and there you go. I think you have to give so much more than that. Let a person know that, yeah, here it is psychically, but feel this for yourself. Can you feel what I'm feeling inside of you? And if not, why not? Let's point it out. Right. You should be excited. You're at a place in your time, in your life right now where you're, where you're excited and things are happening, and if that person can't see that, why not open them up to that and have them feel it for themselves so they don't have to call somebody like me? You know, now you, you mentioned you had a, a word that you used. Um, you said confirmation. Right. And your journey here to where you are today having this conversation with me is, uh, you know, you, start, you were at one point a police officer, an NBC news anchor. Um, you were a singer in, in Las Vegas. <laughs> and then one day you had that same confirmation-type experience yourself. Yeah, it uh, it was that it was the day when John Edward came on television, and it just flooded me with, oh my God, I have to I have to do that. That's cool. <laughs> I have to I have to do that. And so I began to uh, study and 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 uh, really work towards towards achieving what where I'm where I'm at today. And I'm not I'm not done. Of course, you know I don't think a person should ever be done. There's always plenty more studying that needs to take place, but. Yeah, it was it was confirmation. There was a lot of affirmations on the way of uh, of to try to, to to get myself to this to this point. A lot of discussing what is it that I really want. Everything else was put on hold in my life at that point on, or so I thought. You know, it seems like everything else isn't as important. And then I just come to find out that it really all tied in and played into what it is that I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, I think that, uh, you know, the, the journey that, that you've had, I think, coming to this point has also, um, you know, you and I talked about a little bit earlier, you know, I asked you the question, you know, do you believe that everyone is psychic? You know, there's a lot of people that say, everybody's psychic. Right. And then there's a lot of people that say no, um, you know, that, you know, certain people are special in their gifts 
Yeah. So what? Tell tell me about the difference there. What, what do you think? I think I don't agree with with somebody being special or that it's a power. Um, I more use the term ability, maybe mm-hmm. talent, um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. again, I've worked very hard to achieve what I have, mm-hmm. and I think that it's something that's developing. It's like learning how to play soccer, or let's take my other my other uh, passion, which is singing. It's a lot like learning how to sing. Um, anybody can do it. You may think that you're the worst in the world at it, but you could learn if you went to, to go see somebody and take lessons. And It's just how good do you want to be or what, what what is it that you want to achieve with that? Do you want to be an opera singer or do you just want to sing in the shower? You know, it's kind of your passion and and your um, your intent with it, I guess, your desire, your motivation behind that as to what it is that you want to do with that. So I don't agree with necessarily somebody being special. I certainly don't think I was I was touched by the hand of God, as I've heard somebody say those exact words before, and I just don't resonate with that. I think that, yeah, everybody's got their own intuition to a degree, even whether they acknowledge it or not. Media uh, certainly plays upon the subconscious of viewers, television commercials, news anchors. You you know if a news anchor is not paired right with, with the news anchor woman. You know, you, they have to get along. They have You can tell it's an on-air relationship, and you know if they don't like each other, subconsciously or, or consciously. And, again, I think that everybody has this. It's just a matter of to the degree that you acknowledge it or want to develop it. Right, right. Well, you know, I think that that's definitely true, and I think that the analogy that you gave is perfect, um, especially with singing, because most people can really relate to, um, you know, whether or not they believe that they have talent you know, as far as singing goes, and, right. and in the last few years, there's been so many more opportunities for people to actually get out and sing with, you know, karaoke and right. things right. like that. So people are being able to test those skills, and I think more people realize that they they probably can sing uh, right. than probably ever they ever knew that before. And some but, people just keep their car window shut when they're at the stoplight, and <laughs> right. they find out, oh, maybe I should not sing as much as I do, or, you know. But I think that also ties into that issue around confirmation is that, um, you know, a lot of times some people, someone might be a very nice singer and um, other people maybe have discouraged them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a huge point. And, and people being society, parental figures, however it is that you grew up with whatever concepts that you grew up with, I think that, that we have these limitations that we put on ourselves. And it's not just the psychicness. It's, it's anything we want to achieve in life. We've had these limitations put upon us, and we don't think that we can do it. We, we fall into that world of comparisons. And if you were out in the – if you were born and raised out in the desert, out in the middle of nowhere, and you liked to sing, and you sang out, as far as you knew, you were the best singer in the world. It's not until we start looking at somebody else going, well, they can really sing, you know, and I can't so much. I'm not as good as that. And we start making that comparison type, and that's not the place to be. I used to be very intimidated with John Edward and thinking, I don't know if I can do this. He's, he's amazing to me. And how he did what he did, I didn't completely understand it. But now I'm doing that, and it's totally achievable. Like you said, it's just, it's just a matter of what is it that you want to do with it. Right, right. Uh, I'm looking at your website here, so anyone who's uh, listening to us on the Internet can also look up your website. It's uh, www.bobbyspiritspeak.com, Bobby with a Y, spiritspeak.com, so you can see, uh, you know, what you look like. You're very, very... Uh, uh, nice-looking young man. <laughs> we got a model for that shoot. It's not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
and uh, you know get some more information about what you do. Now, one of the things that we you shared that you do that you love to do yeah. is to teach other people. Oh yeah. Can you tell tell us about that? And how do you? I mean, one of the things that you had said to me is that uh, you don't really teach someone how to be psychic. So, what is it that you teach? Well, you know. I guess I guess we teach you to be psychic, but the the thing that I always try to get across to people is that it's not teaching you, like you said, it's not teaching you to go out and be psychic. It's uncovering the limitations, the stuff that you gather as you're growing up. Again, some of the limitations from from society, your parental figures, some of the attitudes, concepts, things like that that you that you carry with you that kind of masks you, I guess, as it were. And what happens is is when you uncover all of that, you also uncover your own knowingness, your intuition, your psychicness, and it comes up naturally. So what I like to do is teach people how to get there. It's not People just think, oh, I'm going to go out and be psychic, and they think that that's the path that's going to take them there. And, and I'm sure that there's a few that make that. They'll go out and get the, the latest How to Be Psychic book and, and then read that, and they'll, they'll more tune into their abilities, but they can't understand why it's not coming through clear enough why it's not coming through like they want it or what they've heard other people or how come I can't get names like John Edward. Again, they'll start comparing. And what I like to do is tell you that being psychic, developing your own knowingness into who it is that you are is not an attainable thing. You can't go out and do it. It's, it's something that you already are. And by ridding yourself of some of your more negative attitudes or some of the, the, the emotions and feelings that we all go through, whether it's anger, or jealousy, or grief, or fear, when we rid ourselves of those things, what you find, and this is just in, in my experience, but is that you, you start developing that knowingness and your intuition automatically becomes more strong. So, yes, I hold psychic classes. Yes, I give tips on the best ways to become psychic and what will help you, what's helped me in my journey, uh, and that type of thing, but it's more than that. Again, everything's, everything's got a couple of different sides to it, and that's what I like to show people. Not just one side, look at it from different angles and come into your own experience. Don't just listen to what I say. This is how it worked for me, but you're not me. Right. It may work a totally different way. I, I have things today. I started questioning myself at one point because I was seeing something when when watching John Edward and John would say, well, I, I don't pick up on this or I don't get this. And I'm like, oh, I, I do. I wonder why he doesn't. And then you start to question. There's that comparison. Even I fall into it. Well, if he can't do it, does that mean I'm doing it wrong? Or does that mean I'm not really seeing what I'm seeing? And what was happening is I started just developing my own style, my own way of doing things. And that's okay. You can't compare to the way I see things or do things as the way that you might see or hear or feel. You may get something perfectly clear. There's a lot of people, a lot of students I've had that say they see people from the other side or spirits, not in their mind's eye like I do, but they see them out in front of them, like two normal people talking. I don't see them that way. It just doesn't work that way for me. But you're right. It has to be encouraged in a person, and confirmation takes place when you say, that's it. That's it for you. That's awesome. Take that and know that that's what it's like for you when you're turning into your psychicness. Now, here's a really hard question, and you might not be able to answer this. Okay. But it's one that just occurred to me and, and not something that we talked about earlier. Sure. No, but how does a person discern between um, I'm being psychic, this is the psychic uh, vision that I'm having, right. and 
imagination. And their own imagination. Yeah, that's a, it, it's not a hard question, but it is one of the toughest. There's, two, there's, there's a couple of different starting points that I think is the toughest for anybody. One of them is acknowledging. Acknowledging that you don't have to be this extra special person. I find a lot of people fall into that. I'm not worthy or I don't deserve because those types of powers come from God. And, and they very, very well be, but that's another conversation. But they don't look at themselves as being on a platform high enough to achieve that. Mm. And so they'll fall into that and, and again, their imagination and, and that type of thing. So they, they don't know what they're, what they're seeing, hearing, or feeling. So acknowledging that. And then on to your question, it's now, is it a difference between my imagination or am I really seeing this? And what I've discovered is that pretty, when you first start out, that line is a hairbreadth difference. It's so tiny. It's very difficult to distinguish. Am I just making this up? So what I usually do is when we go into the class, I tell people that when we're, when we're practicing, when we're doing readings, know that you're stepping into this zone. We have a zone. It, it, picture it like a circle if you want to. And then when you step into that circle, you know that everything, right then and there, you flip on the switch and everything that you're hearing, seeing, and feeling is it. And then when you step back out of the circle and you go on to your normal life, maybe it's not, maybe it is. But that circle eventually starts to expand, and that hairbreadth line becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, and you're able to discern, oh, I'm just making that up to what you're really actually seeing. A lot of this comes through, again, when I, when I talk about it in a circle, we use, um, one of the methods we use is psychometry. You hold an object in your hand, and you pick up the energy from that. And a great example is I, I would tell people, okay, as soon as you get this in your hand, everything that you see, hear, and feel is it. I want you to describe to me exactly what's going on in your body, from your breathing to your hair, whatever, whatever's happening. Well, one girl, bless her heart, she was afraid to, to talk in front of everybody. She got this object, and she was afraid to talk to, to people and do this in front because the spotlight's on her. You know how that gets. We all become really nervous, especially when people are watching us, and, oh, my God, I could be wrong, you know. And she was trying to describe it. Well, she started clearing her throat. I'm getting really nervous and do a lot of swallowing, and she was, I can't do this, and I'm trying to encourage her, and we're just trying to hold her hand. Well, just tell me, talk to me about what you're seeing. Well, she kept clearing it through and just finally just couldn't do it. Well, it turns out the object she had in her, in her hand was a ring, and it belonged to a lady who was sitting across from her whose mother, it was her mother's ring, who died of throat cancer. Oh, wow. It's a perfect example of everything that you hear, feel, or see is it. Wow. And, and when you start having that type of awareness in your body to know when you're tuning in psychically, unfortunately, it just takes a little time. It takes time and practice, 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 and become that aware with your body to know the difference. Where does it tune in for you? I have, a, I have one girl in class that her left ear starts to heat up when she's tuning in, you know, and, and she'll just be sitting there and we'll be talking about something to somebody else and she'll really resonate with it and her left ear starts to, to really heat up and she knows. So do you think what I recommend... A, do you think there's a time, you know, coming in our evolution, so to speak, as human beings where we will take this part of our nature... Um, that everyone will realize that they have this part, that it's, you know, that sixth sense. I mean, most of us yeah. take for granted that we can see, we can taste, we can hear. And now, of course, there's people on the planet that, that, that can't do those things because they have disabilities.
disabilities or, you know, things, issues with their body. But sure. most people have those five senses. Do you think that there will be a time in our evolution that this will be something that we all take for granted, that we as a species will be evolved to the point that we realize and we, we are able to be more tuned in when we get this information? I do. I, I think we're going to get there. And then you, you mentioned it, it, it kind of like a dichotomy to that. I think that we are coming more into our awareness, and we're kind of right on the cusp of that. I don't know that you and I will see it in our lifetimes. But like my daughter and, and that type of generation will come into it even more so. I still, unfortunately, right now see a small group of people who don't want it and don't want to see that. I think we'll always have that, that small group. Well, what know? do you think that is? What do you think? Cause, you know, and I think the other thing, the other question uh, or, or question I guess I had was um, the difference between intuition and psychic. What is the difference between those two words? Okay, so... On the, okay, so the first part of psychic and intuition, there's no difference, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. There may be others out there that say there is a difference. I don't think there is a difference. Whether it's your, you call it your intuition, your psychicness, your knowingness, I think those are all kind of the same thing. So those words, in my opinion, are interchangeable. Right. And as far as why do people hold back, it's the same thing as to why you have somebody who could be amazingly successful, but they hold themselves back or whatever, any one of the emotional states will hold a person back, which is apathy and grief, fear, lust, anger, pride, any of those negative limiting emotions will hold a person back. Religion will hold a person back, their beliefs, their concepts. I think there's always going to be something like that that exists that holds people back that they don't want to take a look. And it's unfortunate. Hopefully, though, what's happening is that tide is turning, and like you said, more and more people are starting to let go of those limitations and start coming into the knowingness, the intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and certainly, you know, in, in the circles that I travel in, it seems that most, a lot of people embrace, um, have come to embrace that part of themselves and, um, and you know, really honor that part of themselves in their decision-making process. Not right. Just, yeah. You know, not just uh, um, you know, I'm going to check the facts. I'm going to, but also I'm going to I'm going to feel into this. I love that when I in the circles that I yeah. that I travel and I hear people say, I need to feel into that and see, you know, how that feels for me. And of course, what they're saying is, I want to check my intuition on this. Yeah, exactly. it looks good. Right. That's Everything great. sounds great, but I want to really check my intuition to make sure that this is, you know, this is the right the right step for me. Right, and then you said something interesting. You said, do we think that, that people also take this for granted? And that's where it starts going downhill, is the minute that you start taking it for granted, you put a limitation on it, that you, that you honor this process and honor it and thank and acknowledge that you have this with your spirit guides, angels, higher self, God, universe, whatever you're comfortable in saying, make sure that you honor it. Because it is, again, now we're getting into where I'm going to contradict myself, because I think that it isn't just me doing this. I think that angels and spirit guides are working through me. So, again, it's not a gift, but it's still to be honored, and I thank my angels, my, my spirit guides every day, you know, and, and I think with appreciation. Don't become complacent. Don't uh, take it for granted, but be very appreciative. And when you face it with that, I also, in my experience, um, the, the abilities increase. They're always there. They're always always present. I'm not self-involved so much. Well, when we, um, you know, you and I talked about this concept of special quite a bit. Yeah. 
and um, you know that there's a big difference between people being special and when we look at um, everyone having talents in different ways and um, uh, all of that. But if if people when people don't believe that they have that they can even tap into their own intuition mm-hmm. and that they're they need to go run to someone who's psychic or you know to answer questions for them um, and somebody is you know sort of setting themselves up to say yes I, I have your answers for you right, I right. can tell you they will always create that need that, for somebody to come to them that's pretty disempowering it, for it, people yeah it really is and that's why again you have these people come who come to you like that like you said who hang on every word and that's that's great if I can help you that's awesome but again to try to point out that I am a huge advocate for if you don't even acknowledge that this is possible you might as well be a thousand miles away from it and you could be right next door you see when I first started this as far as I'm concerned I didn't have anything yes everybody's psychic but again not acknowledging it puts you far away from it I didn't understand that I had this inside of me, that I could do this, and I worked hard. I've worked very hard and have studied quite a bit, again, to be where I'm at, and that's why I can let people know you, too, can do this. You don't have to be anybody. You know, there's, we all, I think, more spiritually where people have gone through rougher times in their lives, whether it be with their family or growing up, and I'm no exception to that. My parents divorced when I was 13. They uh, liked the alcohol quite a bit. I graduated high school. I've never been to college. I haven't done any specialized schooling other than the police academy when I was a police officer. Uh, and you can do anything that it is that you want to do in life, and I'm, I, I try to advocate that with a lot of people to let you know you don't have to be this whatever, this special, whatever it is that you have in your mind as to who it is that you have to be, get rid of that and, be, and just be who you are and find out and discover what your own passions are, not what somebody tells you you should do or should be. You know, and you said something really interesting about, you know, uh, coming from a dysfunctional family, which, you know, most people do. Yeah, who doesn't, right? (laughs) But, uh, you know, some people actually, you know, don't necessarily, uh, you know, come from, uh, you know, families that are very, very troubled. But I wonder, and tell me what you think about this, I wonder if some of that uh, coming from a family where there's been a lot of trouble, um, you know, particularly maybe around drugs or alcohol or yeah. uh, neglect, if that in some ways doesn't actually um, help the development of these types of gifts, because if we don't know, um, if things in our life are, life are not predictable, right. you know, where, like, you know, for instance, my husband grew up in a, in a family where things were very predictable, as predictable as life can be. Yeah. You know, they, they tried to have dinner at the same time, you know, you know, it was a very routine you know, type childhood things Right on happened. schedule. Yeah, they're right on schedule. Sure. And so he didn't have to anticipate things. Things were, whereas I think if you grow up in a bit of a chaotic um, situation where you don't know what to expect next, mm-hmm. I wonder, what do you think? I mean, do you think that helps us to develop intuition? I think it, I think it can. I think that, that one of two things happens when we grow up. You know, I talk to a lot of people who who have that huge strength of character that I say, you know, let's take a look back in your life and what you came through and what you survived. And it's amazing that you didn't go down the way of doing drugs and alcohol and all that kind of thing, that you're the person you are today because of all of that. So I think it shapes your character. But, again, one of two things happens. If you come from, let's say, an abuse uh, abuse situation in your family, you're either going to grow up 
and say, I will never abuse my kids. I'm not going to be like my father was. Or I'm not going to be like my mom was. And you become one of the most loving parents ever because of how you were raised. Or, unfortunately, sometimes the abused person becomes the abuser when they grow up. Mm -hmm. And that's where some people, I think, cannot pass some of their limitations. But, yes, I've always believed that, you know, when you sign your contract to come down here in life, you made that choice to go through kind of a harder life so that you learn bigger lessons and be more spiritually evolved. And no, that doesn't mean that the harshest of people also become the most spiritual people. I'm just saying that it helps to, to raise your spiritual awareness depending on the type of situation that you came from. So I, I believe very much that it sets you up to you could be more in tune, a survivor, you know, uh, and, and you just hone your skills a lot more than, than maybe a, a normal type family, whatever normal is. And, you know, I think, again, I mean, this, is, this again, is just one of my little, um, you know, one of my own opinions that, um, you know, I'm, I'm asserting here. But I do think that um, there's, that it is important for us to acknowledge ourselves as survivors and that there's a, that I think one of the biggest barriers for people, um, you know, living their dreams, you know, living their life full out, as Dr. Pat would say, um, uh, thriving instead of just surviving is the victim consciousness that many people, um, you know, fall into. Well, I had a horrible childhood, you know, things didn't go well, and the truth is, is lots of, lots of people, you know, did have horrible childhoods, and I'm not, I'm not, definitely not, um, you know, saying that, you know, that that's not true. I think that it is true, but the fact that if you, if you grew through that, if you survived that, and you still you know, are a good person in your life today. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, that com- yeah, you're right. That comes through a lot in my readings. It's like, are you kidding me? Look at who you are right now. Oh, my God. You have this great family. You are this loving person. You've healed through so many situations and have helped other people to heal because you've been through it. So I agree with that and, and acknowledging, too, that you are a survivor. And then once you've acknowledged that, let it go. Because I think then you're going to set up this concept of I'm a survivor, I'm a survivor, and then you still fall into because I was a victim, because I was a victim. Right, right, right. And you're still going to set up situations where you're going to prove that you can get through it. So then you're going to create a tough situation for yourself, uh, get through it, and go, see, I'm uh, a survivor. So I agree with, with acknowledging you know, that. I think that. you said something so incredibly important just there. I mean, sometimes, you know, these brilliant, brilliant things come through. And I think you said something so important that we almost we need to say it again, because you're right. I think that that you know it's, it is an evolution. It's like okay, you know, first I was in denial that I had a bad childhood, and then someone then I realized okay I did have a bad childhood, and then I felt it like a victim, and then I got over that, and then I I saw myself as a, as a survivor, right. and then but if we get stuck even there. Right, right. And we continue to set up more tough situations, like you said, where we get to say, but, you know, but I survived that, and I survived that, and I survived that, and there's a point where it's, it's okay to, to live and be happy and have fun and, and be in our intuition and grow and right. love ourselves. And, and just that survivor thing can become a problem. I think it can be, because then you get people feeding into your story, and they want to help you, and you're like, no, no, that's okay, I'm a survivor. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, now, 
that's our story, and we carry that with us, and it weighs just as heavy as being a victim, although we don't recognize that as much, because being a survivor definitely has a lot more energy and expansion to it than being a victim does. Well, I do, I do think that we need to just say um, that you know we want to make it available for anyone who does want to call in and talk with Bobby to go ahead, call in, and uh, we'll get you on the air, and you'll be willing to do some readings with some people. Is that correct? Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, <laughs> no, I would love to. In fact, I've already got a couple people that are that are coming through, so somebody's waiting to hear from her mom that okay. uh, has the same name as her mom or has the same middle name, and I've also got a father figure here that's waiting to talk with somebody as well. Somebody's wanting to hear that from their father. So. Okay, well, we, yeah. need to, we need to make sure that people know that they can call in. Um, so... Call in to BBS right now. Do we have anybody that's waiting on the air right now for us? Look, I guess they must have taken me seriously on just waiting for uh, us <laughs> to finish our conversation. They're all sleeping. They went to lunch. They went so to we're going to talk. But let's just keep talking and sure. that everybody knows that they can call in. Um, we can go ahead and uh, wait for the, the phone calls to start coming through and our person that's waiting to hear some information about their mother. And you can talk about loved ones that... Um, have crossed over. You know, tell tell our listeners what are some of the things that uh, some some of the kinds of questions that you could that you could entertain that you could you know give them some uh, feedback on. Oh my gosh, um, anything. <laughs> that's a huge anything. that's a huge range. If, if the way I like to do it is, I don't want to restrict the questions. Ask me whatever you want, and and. What I'll help you to do is, if it's not appropriate, I'll help guide you to maybe what a more appropriate question is. Okay. But you can ask me anything. And I think and sometimes you just learn in asking the right types of questions. Because, again, we get so used to phrasing something a certain way that we don't know any different. And in my experience, that just even your phrase, just word, they're all just words anyway, but words have such an impact on us. They shouldn't, but they do. And so we're so afraid to ask a certain question because we're going to sound dumb or nobody else wants to know about this or whatever. And don't worry about it. Ask what you ask. And, and if it's, again, if it's not appropriate, then we'll guide you to what a more appropriate question is. And sometimes, even just asking the right question, you instantly find out the answer for yourself. That's another fun thing to do. Somebody immediately asks me a question. I'm like, oh, stop right there. Did you just feel that? You know the answer. You know what the answer is. And we'll point it out, and then that helps them to develop their own intuition as well. Again, that's where the confirmation comes in. Yes, I already knew the answer, but it helps to have somebody else say, yes, that's it. We all need that, don't we? I, mean, I need that sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me give out the phone number in case, because um, I actually had, I was running through the website to find the phone number myself, 877-876-5227. That's the U.S. And in Canada, if you're in Canada listening, it's 888 815 Nine seven five six. So the U.S. number eight seven seven eight seven six five two two seven. I'm on the phone with Bobby. You can look at Bobby's uh, website at bobbyspiritspeaks.com. Uh, Spirit speak, no S. Bobby, Bobby <laughs> go ahead and just say it again. Okay, it's it's bobbyspiritspeak.com. Bobbyspiritspeak.com. Now, yeah. how did you come up with that? Um, years ago, when I first started studying this, I was in. Uh, I, I used the internet as a as a great tool to go into a lot of psychic groups and watch psychics and how they did what they did to see how I related to it. And uh, I think I had come across a name of somebody who was called Spirit Speak. That was their handle, and wow. uh, and then I had forgotten all about it. And then it uh, just kind of hit me years later. So I think I stole it. 
right? <laughs> I was, was just on a window, and I thought, hey, that looked cool, and so I took it. Cool. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is this is a really great conversation that we're having, um, Bobby, about about you know this subject. And of course, you know there's there's so many people out there right now that um, you know certainly many many more people I'm you know in my lifetime that have I'm sure that the number of people that are putting themselves out there in some capacity mm-hmm. being psychic has you know probably ten or twenty times um, you know I've seen the number of that people you know in my lifetime I mean in my lifetime when I was a young when I was a young person you didn't really hear about that that much people right. didn't put that out there that much. There was a few people, a few pioneers at that point in time. Sure. People are still around, of course. Of course. Uh, but now, so what do you think that is? Why do you think that suddenly more and more people are, you know, writing books or doing seminars? Why do you think that's happening? I think more and more, this is just my own humble personal opinion, but I think in some ways that some of these uh, People who are, who are, like you said, some of the people who first pioneered this, inspires people. And you ask a, a rock group, who inspired you? A lot of people will say Elvis, or they'll say BB King, or they'll, you know, talk about their favorite band who inspired. I just think inspiration's hitting more and more people, and that shows that the veil is just kind of lifting from us a little bit. I was inspired by somebody. Maybe, I, I hopefully, I would inspire somebody someday to go on and do this for a living. I just think more and more people are inspired. I mean, it's it's so great, especially when you go to a, and I don't know why Whitney Houston is coming to mind, but, you know, she had, I, I think, unfortunately, she's, she's kind of lost that just a little bit, but she had just the most amazing voice. And I never saw her in concert. Again, this is just an analogy that popped in my head, so I'm going with it. But, like, in an auditorium, and you're, you're about five rows back from Whitney just belting out a tune, how can you, how can you not be inspired just by that? that? Whether you're a singer or not, as a singer, you're like, oh, my God, and you're crying, and, and I've done that at concerts, you know what I mean? You're just crying. It's like, oh, my God, that energy is so strong. And then all I wanted to do after, after a concert was go home and sing karaoke, you know what I mean? I just wanted to sing and, and, and do this and practice it. So I think it's when you see these people, something resonates inside of you, again, like it was for me with John or whoever your favorite psychic or guru is, Sylvia Brown or... Wayne Dyer, if he if he uh, you know really really inspires you, but I get a lot speaker, of inspiration. Huh? There are many people out there that you know that that's something they love to do. They'd love to get out in front of people and teach something. Yeah. So when you're around a Wayne Dyer, you feel inspired that that's yeah, yeah. your goal in life. Yeah, that's me. That's 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 where I'm coming from with it. Somebody else, you know, that's what the thing is: is that being psychic, you're like, well, I don't want to read for other people. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. But how do I tune into my psychicness and not do that? You can take it down whatever road you want to take it. That's why being psychic, you can either develop it to a point where you're doing what I'm doing, or you may just use it to develop whatever, to, to make your life run just a little bit more smooth, or your family, or, or you know whatever family means to you, whether it's your parents or your kids or, or what have you. And what I also find is that the more that you develop it, you'll find that God, I think, just kind of puts people in your path whom you're able to help because of your own experiences or your own intuition. And you're not going to have to worry about what to do with it. You're going to find plenty of uses for it. Oh, yeah, there's so much to do. Yeah. There's so much to do in the world. And you and I talked about another concept that um, I think is helpful for people, and that is that when you're around someone, for instance, like yourself, who has 
you know, put the time in to develop the gift. In as much as in another teacher, a, a music teacher or a, right, right. A, a speaking teacher, someone who's put the energy and the effort into fine-tuning the talent, um, that when you're in their presence, that you can be more in tune with your own talent. Oh, sure. I, I think I think what it is is that it's a mistake to place your inspiration or motivation onto another person because then you become dependent on them. So I want to feel that motivation and I want to feel that inspiration and so I'm going to go see another Whitney Houston concert. And you have it inside of you. If you didn't, it would not have resonated with you. So when you're developing and you are around people like that, yes, what they do is they hit that little tuning fork inside of you, it resonates, and then from that moment on you're feeling your own energy. But oftentimes we just talk about it being theirs. And it is, but it's a mixture of the two. You see what I'm saying? You just have the two energies that are merging together, and then it becomes very difficult to discern what's your own and what's the other person's. That's where empathy comes in, Mm. being very empathic. And that's where a lot of people run into some problems as well because they're feeling depressed or angry, after a day at work and they have no idea why. It's because you've been, you're like Velcro, you're walking through the office building, you're picking up on everybody else's stuff sometimes. But if you didn't have it in you, if you didn't have the inspiration and the motivation inside of you in the first place, then it would not have affected you the way that it did. So that's why I think it's a mistake to continue to go see a Whitney Houston concert time after time and time and time and time again. Develop that inside of you. And then it just becomes sheer pleasure to go see Whitney, and you don't have to rely on that concert. You see what I'm saying? I guess, I guess I'm still sticking with the analogy, but hopefully right, that right. makes sense. Well, you know, I, I think you're right about that. And I just want you to make sure that you give out your information, again, of how if people want to get a hold of you, um, any of the lectures that you're doing or the one-on-one work that you do, how, how can people get a, in touch with you if they want to talk with you directly? Um, all of that is on my website. You can still uh, just stop at bobbyspiritspeak.com, and you can give me a call. And I do a lot of traveling, too, um, across the nation. It's, uh, people get groups together to go and teach workshops um, on not just being psychic, but, again, how to release and let go and, and just more of a life-fulfilling. It, it very much revolves around the movie, The Secret, and then kind of moving beyond that. Um, and, again, traveling the country or, or here in, in town, do a lot of lectures, workshops, galleries, um, that type of thing. It's, it's, a, it's a huge passion of mine. So, again, all my contact information is right on my website. Great. And, you know, you brought up something, other, uh, something else very interesting that I don't want to gloss over that I don't think a lot of people think about. But, you know, we talk about stress a lot in our, in our, in our world. I mean, it's right. the number one, probably the number one most talked about thing aside from sex. Um, and you, you mentioned, you know, you're walking through the office and you're picking up on everybody else's stuff. Right. How much do you think people that are actually maybe clairsentient, if I'm pronouncing that correct? Yep, clairsentient. Clairsentient people in the world have, have actually, they're mixed up and they think that they're stressed out because of their job. Yeah. And the truth is they're walking through their office and they're picking up on a whole bunch of other people's feelings and they don't even realize that they're doing it. Right, yeah, exactly. I think, I think it depends very much on the individual, and that's, that's kind of what I do in my job as well, is to point out what's your stuff and what's theirs. And I think it's a very important distinction, because once you discern what's their stuff and what's yours, then you can truly work on what needs to be worked on. Because, again, it's just energy, and emotion is just, it's just energy. It's like a little cloud. And people are continually trying to get rid of the clouds, and they can't tell if it's theirs or somebody else's. And if you're working on the wrong cloud... You can't possibly get to your own stuff. 
So we try to help point out, that's where the life coaching comes in, the, the self-improvement coaching, is we try to point out at them intuitively, have them feel what is theirs and what's everybody else's stuff. I think it happens to everybody. You're standing in line at the bank and there's some guy who comes behind you or you have a dealing with somebody throughout your day and you're like, ooh, that guy was just really, I don't know, icky. Yeah. Or you met somebody for the first time and said, well, they were just really nice and they affected you. You ha- that's empathic. That's that's the clairsentient. That's the feeling part inside of you that's picking up on another person's energy. And that also is, unfortunately, a really rough place to start, you know, to, to get rid of that stuff before you start working on your own. It's it's difficult to distinguish sometimes. See, and people don't even realize that that is intuition. No, yeah, they don't, they don't combine that. It's just a branch. It's just another branch of intuition, psychicness, knowingness. That's why it has so many different names to it. it that's why... Yeah, I mean they're just they're just words, they're just labels. But yes, that is it's it's intuition. Yeah, and so I mean it really helps for people to realize that you know going back to the word that we used when we started our conversation this evening, and that is the confirmation. Is that there's so many ways that that all of us are operating in our lives out of our intuition, and we have no idea that that's what we're doing. I mean even when you we talked about walking through the office and and picking up on other people's stuff and not knowing that you're doing it and maybe walking, coming home at night and saying, oh, I just had the, you know, a really, really stressful day. Right. And not knowing, okay, if you, unless you really spend time to talk with that person, what was stressful about your day? Well, I don't know. It just felt really weird in the office. Right. There, there's like, you, how, many often, how many times do you hear people say things like that? It All felt the time, really yeah. weird yeah. in the office or really right. weird in this place. What yeah, it just feels weird. It just feels different or... Whatever. Or you come home and sometimes you're not supposed to stress out, but you're just so tired. Because all day long you've been fighting this battle and you didn't even know you're carrying all this weight of everybody else. And then you don't realize it and you come home and start to relax. And then you're just exhausted. You're like, oh, God, I'm so tired. I have no idea why. How do people protect themselves from picking up on this kind of energy? There's a couple of different ways. One of the, one of the ones that I recommend that is a great starting point is to learn how to separate yourself from that, obviously, how to step back from that energy and coming into the realization that it's not your own. Awareness does that. Of course, awareness is developed through meditation, um, that type of thing. Everybody hears that, that meditation, meditation, but it's, it's the ground of everything that, that you do in life. And meditation doesn't have to be in some, you know, with your legs behind your ears and in some position like that. It doesn't have to hurt. You can meditate whatever you're doing, driving down the street, going for a walk, doing your dishes, working in the garden, what have you, just anything that calms your mind down where you're not worried about the future and you're not suffering from the imagination of the past you know it's it's where you're just kind of living in the moment that helps because then you start to realize wait a second where did this come from oh yeah so-and-so was in a bad mood i bet that's where it's from so you start to distinguish there's another there's like visual tricks that you could start off with as well which is picturing yourself of course covered in the white light and everything just kind of bouncing off you one of my favorites is um, picture mirrors picture yourself surrounded in mirrors with the mirror part facing out so that the person's reflection and what they're throwing at you just kind of reflects back to them and just stays in their own stuff. That's that's really good. I love that one. I love that one. Keep in mind, too, again, these are just great starting points. You want to get to the point, again, let's stretch a little bit and go beyond where everything just really passes through you and it doesn't stick to you. If you don't put up a front, just like a ping-pong table, you know how the one end comes up and you can play ping-pong with yourself? If, if you have that wall there, you're, that ping-pong ball is always going to have something to bounce off of. 
when you lower that wall, lower the, your defenses and your resistance, it passes right through. And that's, I think, to a point, again, that's, I know that's stretching a little bit, but, but again, that's the end game um, where you'd want to get to. Just protecting yourself is one thing, and then, and then in my experience, it develops into a whole lot more. But, yeah, the mirror technique, again, surrounding yourself in white light, and awareness. Start being aware of how you're feeling, what is your stuff, and what's theirs. And then you'll come more into that intuition and, and start developing from there. Well, I think, you know, culturally and, you know, the way that, you know, we talked about, we've talked a little bit about, you know, where we are as a species right now. I mean, we can see all the things that are going on in our planet, so it definitely, you know, gives us a sort of a little clue to our lack of evolution or, and our, you know, and our evolution. But, you know, I think that a lot of times when people don't, are not taught any of this stuff, we're not taught how to protect ourselves, from other people's stuff. Yeah. And more than anything, culturally, um, at least in my generation, we were taught more the opposite. Of, right. You know, taught to take other people's things on, to be responsible for other. Fight for it, and you'll get it. If you if you want it bad enough, you'll you'll get this. Yeah, those types of of attitudes. It's amazing because they teach us everything else in school, but but how to deal with life. Right. They don't. They don't teach us how to how to get through when some kid makes a, an unkind remark, or you happen to be going through a rough time at home, and, and things like that. And if they would focus more, if they would focus at least some on life issues and how to work through that, you're not going to have these kids that are so stressed out like they are today, shooting up schools, and kids who dread the test, and I mean all the things that you can go through. I think some people just well, that's just adolescence. I went through it, right, that some of our generation, I did it, they can do it. I walked uphill to school, bat both ways, in this, though, you know, it's, it's that type of attitude. And I think if they would just, I was never taught. My inspiration for doing what I'm doing partly comes from the fact that I was never taught how to deal with life. My father and his attitude on my problems was go run around the block. That was his answer. Well, stop it. Go run around the block. I mean, in some ways, that, that does, you know, it suppresses the issue, I guess, after a while and takes your mind off it. But, again, I came to know everything I, I've come to know because of studying going through it myself. If you are going to have, if you're going to go to a psychic or some type of a teacher, you don't want to go to an AA meeting and have some guy lecture you about alcoholism and the guy's never had a drop to drink. You know what I mean? You want somebody who's been through this if you've been through like we talked about the survivor uh, type of, of mentality if you've been through something you have something to share if you've been through any rough part of your life you have that to give to somebody else and say here's what what happened with me and and it doesn't have to happen to you as well so again part of my motivation comes from the fact that i wasn't taught how to work with life and how to deal with life i didn't start learning that type of stuff until i was 20 and I didn't know where it was going to end up. I didn't know I was going to turn in, you know, to doing what I'm doing today. For me, it was just a way of coping. I now know why. You know, it's easier to go through and connect the dots and say, oh, this is why this happened. This is why this took place. This has happened. But I've never done any drugs. I've never, I drank once. I was 19. I got so sick that whole night, and then that was the end of my drinking binge. And I don't smoke, all this type of stuff that while you're going through it, of course, I I certainly have plenty of opportunity, but now I know why Mm -hmm. that I don't do that type of thing. But take what you know. You have something to give. If you've been through it, give it to somebody else. That You went through it for a reason, not just for you. Don't be selfish with it. 
give it out to somebody else and say, here's why you can get through this. Because I did, and here's what I did, you know. I got a question. Uh, we, did, we got an email. Uh, I got an email from someone that's listening in that asked if uh, you could talk about some of the experiences that you've had with people that have sought you out, like, you know, some of the things that have that come to your head. Um, you know, we, we did talk about uh, about one earlier, and, and uh, <laughs> God forgive me if she's listening. I'm not going to, of course, give names out or anything like that, and, and uh, I'm very close to her. She's one of my clients, so she understands, too, and, and the teaching of this, and there's a couple of people that come to mind. These are the most recent people. Um, but, but experiences with one of the... Boy, now and I got them flooding in my head. <laughs> we just opened up a floodgate. <laughs> um, okay, so I've got a couple of different experiences to talk about. One of the experiences when I talk about not relying on your local psychic for some of the answers, there is a point at which you need to start taking inventory of what you're going through and taking responsibility for that. I'm not saying it's wrong to go to a psychic and get answers or confirmation, okay? Mm-hmm. But I think after this story, you might understand a little bit. What happened is I received the call, it was like on a Sunday late afternoon, I'm at home, didn't expect the phone call, and I was just called out of the blue. And people get very intimate with me, they they feel close and they open up. I feel that honesty is the best way to go through anything. You need to have things pointed out to you. The best friend you've ever had is the one that tells you you got something between your teeth. You know, you need somebody to count on and rely on and to trust who will tell you the truth and not just feed your story. So she's telling me she's having difficulty, she's having female problems, and it's she's she was I'm, I don't want to get too graphic, but she was going through like she was in a cycle, and I said, well, my gosh, she wanted to know what was wrong, and I said, well, honey, I don't, I, I mean, what did the doctor say? And she's like, well, I didn't go see a doctor. I, I'm calling you. <laughs> and so right then I tell you, I, I, you know, I've got my threshold too, and I tried as, as much as I could through slightly gritted teeth. Oh, my God, don't call me. Go to the doctor now. What are you doing? You don't call me. You know, go take care of yourself, and then I'll hold your hand through it. Some things are not psychic answers, you know. That's why I say you can ask me any question you want. And I would rather direct you to what's more appropriate, what's appropriately psychic, and what is just a knowingness that you should go see a doctor when something like that comes up. So going to a more positive side, I've actually had some really awesome experiences. For whatever reason, I also, when I see what I see, I see people standing out in front of me, no matter how they crossed over from a car accident, heart attack, cancer, however, they stand in front of me, and they'll stand around the person that's sitting in front of me, or if it's on the phone, again, they still stand in front of me. They do place themselves in certain positions so I know who it is. So in other words, your dad's side of the family would come up on your right-hand side. For me, it's my left. And your mom's side of the family comes up on the left-hand side. And why it does that, I mean, I could come up with a couple theories and I have my, my beliefs, but it's not important to the story. So... The other, the only difference to that are suicides. Suicides come up immediately to my left, right, standing right next to me. And I think it's because that they've ended their life not like everybody else's life ended, that they took themselves out of the picture, as it were. And I don't believe in hell. I don't believe that they go to purgatory or any of that type of thing. I, I think that what happens, and again, this is just my experience and what I've seen, that they're almost like it's a summer school. 
where you got to stay behind a little bit. You have to you have to learn from what you did. Take accountability and atonement. And when you do that, I've noticed that when they when they've healed or they stay behind and help the loved ones who are still here, they help them heal, and they move around to the to the front after the person's come and see me. But I had this guy that came up and, and committed suicide, and the girl didn't understand a word, didn't know who it was, didn't understand the names or the dates or any of the other prevalent information that had come through. So like I usually do, I just say, well, remember it. It's one of those things that it, it's okay if it doesn't make sense, just remember it, and it'll hit you like an aha type of a moment later. Well, about two weeks later, she was contacted by a college friend, and that's when it hit her. Oh, my God, your brother committed suicide. But she didn't remember because she didn't even know the brother. She didn't even know the girl's parents. These girls were just at college together. So she told her where she had been, that she had been to see me. This girl, understandably, was kind of shaken up, told her parents, again, who the original girl didn't even know, the parents ended up coming and seeing me, and their son had come through and talked to them. Wow. It, it's amazing how the other side orchestrates two people getting together. They come down and they, they'll talk to you. Even if you don't know them, they know you can get a message to, to whoever it is that they need to. So it's just that's probably one of the most amazing things that, that has happened that, that really sticks out in my mind. And these were these people are just amazing. They're, your, they're very uh, religious. They're an upstanding family on their own business. And, you know, in the ways that we look of, of what a normal family, again, would be, and we walked him through the grief, which is what it was about. It wasn't, hey, let's go, you know, try to find out the phenomenon or whatever. It's we miss our son. He shot himself, and we miss him. And what did we do wrong? And sometimes that's what it's about. You see what I mean about being more appropriate than just psychic stuff? Sometimes I find a more real healing comes through when somebody's sitting in front of me and isn't waiting for me to prove myself. They're not sitting there going, let's see what this guy's got and what he can do. It comes from, my mom died of cancer. It was a miserable death, and I miss her. Can you just tell me if she's okay? Mm. That's what's real. That's what hits people. That's what right. touches them. And, and it's all that you, other stuff is, is that, just... Is that more of the way that information does come through is loved ones that, that are there um, hanging around? Um, does everybody have loved ones that are hanging around them, or is it just people that have unfinished business, so to speak? No, I think I think everybody's got got loved ones. I've had younger people who don't have a lot of people that have crossed over for them yet, but I find then that it's their great grandparents. They don't have a lot to say because it wouldn't necessarily make sense to the person, but sometimes they'll have messages for their mom or that type of thing. I think that information kind of comes at least for me in a couple of different ways. One, it's from their loved ones who want to show support, um, and again that confirmation that they're watching over you. And two, if I'm tuning into the person about their love life, money, career, it switches for me, and then I know I'm talking to my spirit guides, my spirit guides, their spirit guides, and the information. And then occasionally, it's really kind of fun because this has developed into a point where I was hoping that it would go. I still want I still want more. You know, it's, it's one of those, I'm like a sponge. I still just want it more, more, more. But a lot, if you've ever seen the popular show Ghost Whisperer, um, if you, when you get past the, the 40 minutes of the great drama that takes place, when she's communicating with the ghosts and, and the person who's still here, that's how I see it. That's what takes place in my mind's eye for me. So oftentimes when we switch gears, we've brought through messages, and now let's talk about you and your career. And we start talking about it, and we start going this and this, that all of a sudden their dad, say if there was their dad that had crossed, will come through and go, oop, tell her about this, or I'm supporting her on this, or this is why this is important. And they'll pop in with their two cents. But they don't know everything just because they've crossed over. 
In fact, I think it was John Edward who had said, they said, oh, now that your mom's crossed, do you believe she's your spirit guide? And he said, oh, I hope not. He said, she didn't know enough down here to tell me what to do. I don't want her up there telling me what to do either. That's interesting. And, you know, we, you and I hadn't talked very long, and you had immediately um, felt like you heard my dad or felt my dad. How would you, how would you phrase that? Um, more felt as a father figure around you, but I, I wasn't sure. You know, just be honest if we were supposed to go into that during our conversation earlier or not. But, he but did that happen to through. you sort of, I mean, automatically? Yeah, it, it does. If it was meant to be, you know, um, sometimes I'm tuned out. You know, like when I was doing my television show, a lot of people would ask me as I'm doing the interview, if, you know, I'm interviewing the mayor and they would say, ooh, do you see like his, his dead mom coming through? Or And not really because you're in a different zone. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. there where you're at. You're more concentrated, concentrated probably on the screen that's in front of you and paying attention if there's any phone calls. And you have to look at the time, and you have too many other things to worry about sure. than to tune in. And so when you're in that zone, yeah, it doesn't necessarily happen. But, of course, we were just talking, and sometimes it will hit me like that. Yeah, and it was more feeling the father figure around you. Sometimes, even for me, it's tough to discern if that's if I'm being told to talk about your father or if this is your father coming through. And so, yeah, I go ahead and ask like I, like I did. Is your father here? Is he crossed over? Because I'm getting this huge father thing. It's it's important surrounding the the topic that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it happens quite often. But in the case of the yeah, the, the young man uh, that you they were talking about that had crossed over uh, due to suicide. Yeah. Um, is that a case where he's trying to get a message to his family and they're not listening? And so he's seeking out a way to get that message in a concrete way? You know, I think that they have an amazing way of bringing through a message just as we need to hear it. And if he had to go through the means that he did, I don't know that they would have come to me any other way. So it's not like they would just be sitting around the table. And some people do. You know, this is just this one particular family. And, I mean, some people find themselves talking to somebody else. And, I mean, it was kind of a small town where I was from. So they'd say, oh, I went to go see Bobby and, and... they don't give it another thought, and a couple of days later they run into somebody else who maybe had come to see me, and then they're starting to think, well, maybe I need to go see Bobby. I don't know for why, but maybe I do. Or like this particular family, I think that, yeah, if, if it had come through in a different way, I, I don't know that they would have come to me. They, they might have gone to somebody else. But that's why I say is that loved ones know exactly what to say and how to do something so it has more of an impact mm. on you. Because I don't know about you, but like me, I have to be hit in the back of the head sometimes for a message to come oh, through for yeah, me. me. You know too, what I mean? Unfortunately, and I don't, I don't yeah. want to put that out there, but that is definitely <laughs> the case. It, it um, happens. You know, it, I it, can't it, believe our time is already up. It's up. That can one, you give the information one more time, Bob, yeah. so that people can reach you via, you know, they can go to your website, they can send you an email, they can call you up. You bet. And get, get a handle on some of your classes and learn some of this information so that, People can find this more in themselves, and I think one of the two of your messages is a message of empowerment. Um, you can reach me at, at bobbyspiritspeak.com. Um, I have teleclasses that I'm currently doing. If you want some more information on that, I believe it's on the front page of the website. But if it not, is. just email me. I'd be happy to send you information. It takes place on Monday nights. Um, and yeah, you can reach me through email and my phone number, and everything's right there on the website. All right. Well, thank you so much, and I'm sure that. Uh, We'll bring you back on the show again. You'll get to do an interview with Dr. Pat. She is awesome. I've heard. She sounds and great. I hope she's doing all right. Oh, yeah. She is, okay. she is, she's fine, and, and definitely we want to bring you back on where you can have an interview with Dr. Pat. Awesome. And, uh, and the listeners, uh, thank you so much for letting me be a part of this this evening. <laughs> and uh, and 
Send us send us an email. Send Patty an email. Send Bobby an email. And uh, let's let's have a conversation again, Bobby. Thank you so great. much thank for being you. with the Dr. Pat show. Thank you so much. Mm, bye bye. Yeah.